Praise God. Amen. Amen. That was an old song. Man. An old song that's so true. I'm just going to take one of these chairs. Two guns fully loaded. You know, that's the business. That is the business. Hallelujah. Majesty. What a song, Majesty. Last week I was speaking about the body, about the unity of the body, and about having a healthy body. How can you tell a healthy body? I'm just speeding up, bringing you up to speed for those who weren't there last week. Uh, basically, by the unity and the harmony of the body. You can tell an healthy body where there's unity, there's no dysfunction. But it's everything is in sequence, is in harmony and unity. And uh, it says in Hebrews about coming to the meetings, let the church meet so that they can be encouraged and also to serve, to work. And that's just putting it in a nutshell. But this week, when you know you, you hear the word church, we know it's called out. But defining the word church, there's nothing like a definition to clarify a meaning, is there? And so the church, the ever-enlarging body of born-again believers, you have to be born again to be a believer, really who comprise the universal body of Christ, of whom Jesus is the reigning King of all. Amen. He is the head. We are the body. Many members, but one body. Defining the church, Jesus is the head. He is the King of all. The church is in the business of cultivating a passion for living with eternal dimensions. I'll explain that now. Eternal dimensions. This isn't man-made. This isn't a good idea that a man has thought of. Let's have a social club. Let's have a good gathering. We all are like-minded. Golfers like golf. And they all meet together. And I'll tell you what, on a Saturday night, we'll all have a little sandwich thing tonight. And we'll probably have a beer after. Because that's what they do. The church isn't like that. This is totally, totally different. This is birthed in the mind and the heart of God Almighty, the church. This is something that the powers of darkness never seen coming. This was God's secret, glorious, wonderful weapon. Call it a weapon. This is glorious. The church is in the business of cultivating a passion with a living, eternal dimension. Inside of us is God Almighty. Is the invisible God. The invisible, on the invisible, on the seen, coming through the unseen. He's in me and he's in you. Now we either believe that or we attend church or we recognise we are the church we are the church if you're born again you are the church it is in a continual state of progressively growing continually people say oh this religion is the fastest growing religion the church isn't a religion first and foremost it's a living organism and it's growing. People all over the world are coming to an experience of Jesus. 
by visions, through the word, through whatever. But God is revealing himself because God is the author of the church. We are called out. We are separate. We are separated. You know, we cannot even say, well, the church is here and all of all other organisations are here. We can't say that. The church is God's glorified body on the earth right now. The church is the most important, visible thing we are witnessing now, right now, at this present time. It's not a weak, anemic, disabled body, but it is a living organism with the life of the Holy Spirit in it, and we are part of the body. Living members, different functions, but yet one body. We spoke of that last week. We've all got a part to play. We've all got a part to play. Can you think of anything more worth, worthy of your time and energy? All other things are going to pass away. The World Cup's going to go and it just be something in an old book that was, I remember, 1966. It sure will pass away. Yeah. And then someone else will come to be another champion. And then someone else. But this is the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. And you know what? He calls us kings of kings and lords of lords. And you know, something struck me. He's king in heaven, but we're kings on earth. He's king in heaven, and we're kings on earth. We are on earth for a purpose. We're not there just to suck up the good air. And to look good. We've got singers doing that. We've got models doing that. We are here. Get ready for this. We are here. As salt. Jesus says you are salt. And if a salt loses its saltiness. It's good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. What he's saying is. A salt is a preserver. In my house, the saltiness of me and Tracy is preserving my family. Preserving them so salvation can come to them and bring them into the kingdom. In my work, I am salt. I am preserving God's goodness in that place so God can bring them to a saving knowledge of himself. In the community, I am salt. In my neighbourhood, I am salt. In your school, you are salt. It's just a, a metaphor. It's just something Jesus says because he knew in that time that salt was a preserver. It was important. Quickly going ahead, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Once the body leaves the earth, what has been restrained because of the body being here and preserving life? Darkness will come in. Think about it. We are a living organism with the life of God in us. And he says you're the salt and you're the light and the light is on a hill ready to be shown. Because those in darkness haven't got a clue. They ain't got the clues. They're clever but they're clueless. clueless. Try saying that with popcorn in your mouth. They ain't got a clue but we have what it takes. The practical purpose. The church 
works by coming alongside people and building friendships and creating opportunities to share the gospel and hopefully through time leading them into a relationship with God to know God's love and life on a daily basis and then becoming a member like you of the body it's worth investing your time and energy in the church can you feel the passion it says the passion to cultivate a, a living of eternal dimensions this is something that is living on the inside it's a spiritual living hope what we've got the unity of the body if you turn to Ephesians 4 11 to 6 I'll start reading it says it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be inferenced, tossed back and forth by the waves and the blowing here and there by every wind, teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will, in all things, listen, grow up in him who is the head, in him who is the head, that is Christ, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Wow, that's the that's church. That is the church, the unity of the body and the purpose of the church. The purpose of leadership in the church. Do you notice it says pastors and teachers and evangelists and now they've got a job. In the church, it's something that God has instituted. This isn't a good man-made idea. This is something God has instituted because the foundation of what our faith is on, Jesus Christ is the foundation. Then it talks about the prophets and the apostles. It's built on these. And now we come to this day and age, we've got pastors, teachers, and evangelists. They're just free of others that I haven't mentioned to equip the saints for ministry and to avoid being tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine to grow up in Christ all of us together becoming mature as a body of people coming into the unity of faith and who in all things like the head are like their Lord Jesus Christ like the head notice the head the body the head Paul spoke a lot or there's been many images about the church being the bride and the church the shepherd and the sheep but Paul wrote more about Jesus being the head and we being the body more than any other illustration it was the body the body, the body. When you hear the word church, 
I want you to envisage and see and to have it in your heart living organisms, living people, living people. I'm part of that body. I am salt. I am light. I'm part of that body. And if the head is healthy, the body is healthy. Jesus is healthy and well. Where is he right now, Jesus, Chris? Where is he right now physically? He's in heaven. And where is his spirit? Inside of you. And where are you? Where are you? Jesus is in heaven. His spirit is in us. And we are here. Jesus made a powerful statement in Matthew 16, 18. Forget that now. He says, Who do men say I am? Briefly, I'm just going to say what we're going to get to there. Who do men say I am? And Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied to him, Flesh and blood, no human intellect could have revealed this to you, Peter. But my Father, by his Spirit, has revealed this to you. And he says, on that revelation of what you says, that I am the Christ, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church, church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. When he says, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her, he's on a bet. If in olden times, the gates were the place where the elders and the leaders met, and it was in, in Nebuchadnezzar's time, this old king, the walls were massive and they had a room with two gates and that's where they discussed plans for the city. I'm just painting it briefly for you. You can go in detail. There, there are books on it that speak about this. But in Proverbs 31:23, don't turn to it. It talks about the elders meeting at the gate of the city. So he's talking about plans and schemes, talking, leaders meeting. But here Jesus says, I'm going to build my church, my ecclesia, my teachings, my way of doing things, my kingdom, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. They will not come against her. Those schemes and devices and tricks and things that seem to come against the church that we're witnessing. And it seems, let me say it seems, oh, the church is on the decline. People say they're selling up and they're buying them over to Moscow, whatever. It seems, but Jesus says, don't worry about that. He says, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Do you think Jesus knew what he was on about? He's talking about the future as well. He says it will try and come against you and you'll have all kinds of people speaking all kinds of nonsense, pretending to be the church and it's nothing of Jesus' teachings. Nothing to do with his way of thinking, his outlook or his kingdom. Nothing to do with him. He says, I'm going to build my church. Part, you are part of Jesus' church. You are his body. 
And it's important that we see that. We are his body. And he says the gates of hell, the schemes and the tricks of the evil one will not prevail. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. When Jesus was on earth, physically, he was tempted. And he never gave in to any temptation. Jesus made a public spectacle of Satan on the cross. When he rose, he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent another self, another part of himself. He sent another part of himself. So he's not here physically, but spiritually he's here. And this is amazing. If we would just grab this, it would revolutionize our thinking and the way we see each other and how we see the world and our significance in being part of the solution and not the problem because believe you me we are part of the solution amen, amen. praise god if anyone feels tired just stand up i don't mind you know shake yourself because i know what it's like when you're talking but i'd rather you get something in now instead of thinking oh he's droning on because I want you to grab this. Because I'm grabbing it. And it says, as I, as I read earlier, that we are not carried away by every wind and doctrine. Sid mentioned about the importance of teaching. The importance of getting the word. Not carried away. We know what we're on about when we talk. When, when the body speaks... It's the other part of himself that Jesus sent, the Holy Spirit, teaches us. He's in you, Tony. He's in you, Tracy. And when we open the word, and when you come here, it says, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists are there to equip the body for ministry, for service. We want to take something back. More than just Bible stories, but the living word of God inside equipping us. So that for ministry, for service, this is the church. This is the body of Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight. We could turn to that. Come to me, all who are heavy laden and burdened. And I will give you rest. Come, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Is that right? Have we come to there? That's what he says. I haven't got it in front of me, but it's back there, I'm trusting. My yoke... Come upon me, yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Can we go to the, the, the next verse? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Do you remember Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. What he's saying now, if we turn to Isaiah 9 6, 
We're going to marry this together. We're going to put it together. Isaiah is a book 500 years before the Messiah come. 500 years. Think about it. 500 years before Jesus was born. And, and this is talking about us today. Usually we get this read at Christmas. But this is too good to leave. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. He says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Here we go. And the government will be upon his shoulders. The government will be upon this child's shoulders. This child is going to become a man. He's going to have the government upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I just want to illustrate something to you now. I remember seeing, and I think it was the um, a toffee thing, and you see a lady. She's like a maiden, and she's got a yoke on her neck and with a bucket. And in the east, what they had, there's all kinds of illustrations, but this is the one I read, and I loved it. And this is the one I want you to capture now. That when Jesus is saying this, capture what I'm trying to illustrate. A yoke is made for the person to carry something, to bring something, to give to something, to, to someone else. So when they make a yoke for a person, if the yoke is too small, it cuts into them and it's uncomfortable. And the splinters were cut into the back. And they're they just bleed. If it's too small, if it's too big, it has the same effect. The yoke has got to fit the person. When Jesus says, my yoke, he's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about his teachings. He's talking about his ways. When he says, come to me, can stand up, Tony? Come here. Can we have that scripture up again, Matthew? Come to me. He's carrying something. I'm, I'm carrying something. When he says, come to me, for my yoke is easy, he takes it up and he puts it on him. His yoke is easy. His teachings. We are not, you can see that now, we are not tricked by the cunning and deceitfulness by every wind and doctrine. We're tossed to and fro. He says, no. On the head, you see my teachings. He puts his yoke on you. And his burden is light. What's the burden? I thought he broke all the burdens, all the heaviness. His burdens is service. You know, we can't serve God without that yoke. Because it becomes a burden that isn't light. It becomes heavy. When we receive Jesus, we receive the kingdom. And his kingdoms are the teachings. And when you come and you're hearing the words for the pastor or evangelist or the prophet, it's to equip the body for service. And we're taking the yoke of the head. He's the head of the body. 
and will lay it on you, lay it on you, lay it on. And when you hear it, it's comfortable because it's made for you. Can you see why Paul talked about the body a lot and the head, Jesus being the, the head? And the government of his kingdom shall increase. That's how I know the church will prevail. Because already he says, my kingdom is on the increase. People can do what they want. So don't worry about when you hear, oh, this religion is on the increase. It will fade. Because the government and his kingdom and peace will know no end. It's eternal. And this is what we're brought into. This isn't a good idea. This is God's body. We are God's representatives. And I like the word that Paul used, ambassadors. Ambassadors. I, I'm not a follower of Christ. Because I'm trying to follow someone and mimic. You know, we say you follow someone. It's like you're mimicking him, but you're different. It says we have the divine nature of God in us. So that brings us into relationship. And now I have says I'm a follower of Christ, but I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, of whom Jesus is the head. The church, this is good stuff, you know. This isn't religion. This is kingdom. And the government of his kingdom and peace, there will be no end. Do you feel good to be part of something like this? Is it exciting? And sometimes you have to pinch yourself because you can look in the mirror and say, who me? And the things of this world try to get your attention, get you busy, and they're only temporary. When we've got this kingdom inside of us and what we're doing, we are looking at the temporal and giving it the attention and we're missing out on the eternal or the advancement of the kingdom and the revelation of that kingdom in each and every one of us. Equipping the body for service and for works. If the body isn't receiving the yoke and the teachings, it's not going to receive the burden of lightness and service. It ain't going to do it. It's not going to do it because it doesn't become light and easy. The church becomes a burden. Good picture. That's the one. Yeah, that's good. It becomes a burden. And we are salt and we are light. We are salt and we are light. Jesus says, and a light is like a, the church is like a light that is like a city on a hill. We are there to be seen. We are there for preservation. If I've got the right word, it's to preserve. Because once the church leaves this planet, all kinds of dark stuff are going to happen but while we're here we are light and we are salt and we are part of the solution we 
are history makers. We are those who God has called for service. That's why it's so important about what we're learning. We're not tossed to and fro by any wind and doctrine. Anything that seems latest we're following. We are getting established and rooted in the truth. It's imperative. Colossians 3.12 says, the Amplified, Clothe yourself therefore as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well beloved by God himself. Clothe yourself means to put on something. You know, you could have something, you cannot put it on, but you've got it. And I think this is a perfect illustration of what God has downloaded into us, given us all this life, all his gifts, all his peace, peace and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We don't put them, put them on. We don't use them because we don't. When I say we don't, I'm talking about us. Generally, I'm not saying you's out there, but I do. I'm saying we generally, I'm talking the body of Christ, not this church meeting here. But usually we don't. But we can. When we put them, put, it, put them on and believe who we are, who God says we are, things start to happen on the inside. Things happen where people are going to cross your path. They will be drawn to you. Because remember, you're salt. And inside of you, you'll know the other part of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is saying, go on, do it, pray for them, speak this word, say that. When the body comes together, encourage your brother in love, pray for him, visit him, write a letter. All these kind of things are part of ministry. They're all part of ministry. Don't despise anything. And say, oh well, it doesn't really matter, someone else will do it. We are a living organism. We are the body of Christ. And it says that we are hand-picked and representatives, ambassadors. As if God was making his appeal, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 unto 20. As if God was making his appeal through us. When we speak to people, see yourself as an ambassador, representing and holding and rightfully dividing the word of God. His kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. It's a government on your shoulders representing the kingdom. Remember Jesus says, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's been answered. He says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose, will be loosed in heaven. Because whatever's done, God says, you agree, and heaven's backing you up. Heaven's backing you up, because it's his kingdom we're carrying. He's the head on the throne next to the Father. We're the body with the Holy Spirit in us. And he says, now rule. And we rule as kings. That's why it says we're kings on this earth. He's the king in heaven, but we're the king on earth. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And kings make decisions. Kings walk about and they, and they decree something. 
And when they say something, they expect it to happen. When I pray for someone, I'm expecting healing. I'm expecting. God wants us with an expectancy. Because it says in Philippines 2, 12 or 13, that it's God who wills and acts inside of us for his purpose. Think of that. God is inside of us. He's willing to fulfill his purpose inside of us. And it says, work out your salvation. Just before that, with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean you're trying to get salvation. It means if God's worked it in you, you get it out. You get it out. You're not working it in you. You're not doing these works to get salvation. What God's saying is, I've worked it in you. Work it out. Walk in it. Put on. Put it on. Clove yourselves. Put it on. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectual at work in you, energising and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Woo! Man, wouldn't you want to put a smile on God's face? You know you've already heard it anyway. Because you're his kids. It says in that Colossians that we are holy, we are purified, and we are well beloved by God himself. But there's a two sides to this gospel the yoke and the burden and it's not negative it's absolutely brilliant it's good news it's brilliant news it's fantastic news do you remember I read Isaiah 61 the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me and it talks about burden removing yoke destroying when we walk out with the authority as ambassadors we are burden removing things on people who are oppressed by the devil by the evil yoke destroying teachings that are wrong that they live for because the devil's a taskmaster and the yoke is put upon people he's cutting into them and he's killing them they can't carry it religion is the same it's putting a yoke upon them that it cuts into them they can't even keep it who are preaching it and they're expecting other people to behave the same it's killing them Isaiah 52 7 it says how beautiful talk about the body let's talk about the feet how beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news good tidings could we have that up there we got it up there. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of good, who publishes salvation, and who says to Zion, your God reigns. You've got beautiful feet. Just look at your feet and say, these are beautiful. They are beautiful. It says, fix your feet with the gospel boots. <laughs> You know, we've got the gospel boots on. 
Forget all the latest things that you're seeing in these shops. We have got the gospel boots. Remember it says, and of his kingdom and his government of peace, there will be no end. It's good news. The church, the called out ones and brought in, we are light, we are salt. We are part of the solution, not the problem. We are the body coming together. When we deprive the body of something, that body is missing something. When we don't come together. There is no long rangers in the church. There might be in a man-made one, you get your long, long, long range, but not in God's kingdom. Because he's designed it this way for a specific person, reason, and for the person, for himself. And that is for the building up and the service of the ministry. He says, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Make disciples, not converts, disciples. That yoke of teaching. I want to put on there. He wants to make disciples because God wants disciples. Make disciples. Disciples and discipline goes together. It's a disciplined life. It's an effort. It's a structure in a sense where you make it a point that you're going to read God's word. You make it a point that you're going to do something. It's not a feeling. It can be a feeling, but it's a disciplined life because you know what you're doing. It says work out your salvation because I've worked it in you. Work it out. Get the word in and work it out. We have a living body with beautiful feet and we've got a wonderful head, Jesus. And we've got the Spirit of Christ who knows all things, even the deep things of God, and he reveals them to us. Call no man your teacher in that aspect, because as you're hearing my voice now, it's the Holy Spirit bringing a witness of who you are and your commitment to the body. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, in absolute wonder of your grand design, that on earth right now, the most important person is the Holy Spirit. The most important visible thing that people can see is your body, the church. Father, we thank you that it's you who has a delight and a purpose in each and every one of us as you've brought us together that we are living members of the one body and filled and baptised with your Holy Spirit. Father, for the service and the ministry of the kingdom, we thank you and we praise you that what we've heard tonight is, Father, we're taking it personal, each and every one of us. We're taking it collectively as a body, as a whole. And we recognise, Father God, that your kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom in this neighbourhood. That your kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom in this country. And it's not just in this place, but it's universal 
all over the world your body is being added to. Different parts are coming out of darkness and into your kingdom of light. We thank you, Lord, for your government of life and peace that is upon us. We receive it, Lord, and we see ourselves no longer as religious-minded people, if we've been thinking that way, by the wind and the doctrines of men, but we see ourselves as ambassadors, as you are, Lord, moving and speaking through us. And as we speak, we know we are making an effect on this earth because of who we carry on the inside of us. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you.